Caitlin. I'm McKenna. And this is Nerds of a Feather, where we analyze characters and their relationships. Today, Excellent. we're going to be talking about Loki, also known as Loki Laukason, who you may remember from <laughs> the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or, uh, you know, Norse mythology, if you're that kind of person, which I am. You're a nerd. <laughs> you're a nerd. Which is probably why you're listening to this in the first place. So, I think we are going to be mostly discussing him from the cinematic universe. We're not really going to bring in the comics, um, because we're not very familiar with them. And also, there's just so much, and they I don't want to go through every single, like, Earth number 4,273. Yeah. That's just too much. Uh, we don't have enough time. You don't have enough time. And nobody really wants to hear us talk about that. So we'll do that, and then we'll bring in some stuff from the myths, because I am Norse mythology trash, and I do own the ball, uh, the, oh, wow. The book. The, the Dallaire's book. book. <laughs> the big book of Norse mythology. Okay. So our first topic we have on our handy dandy notebook is, ooh, baby, <laughs> baby daddy. So oh, let's no. start out talking about Lafe. Uh... He's not really big in the myths. No, because he doesn't... Like, does he exist in the myth? Um, I believe he does exist in the myth, but he's he's actually a she. Ah, uh, yeah. Laface yeah, I remember his, looking at Yeah, Yeah, Um, in the MCU, he is his father. Uh, and a frost giant, which in the mythology, of course, would be a Jotun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mythologically, Lo- uh, Loki is not the child of Odin, or the adopted child of Odin. He's Odin's blood brother, because he is the best Jotun. He is not ugly like the other ones. He's, he's the prettiest Jotun. He's the prettiest Jotun of them all, and Miss, you know, Miss Worldwide Jotun. <laughs> Miss Congeniality over here, yeah, Loki. The best shapeshifter. Best shapeshifter, and Odin thought it was cool that sometimes he even becomes a woman. Which he does in the comics. Which he does in the comics. We do know that for sure. But in the MCU, as we all know, or maybe we don't all know, who, uh, if you're listening to this and you don't know, maybe you should leave because spoiler alert. Spoil, huge spoiler alert. He's Odin's adopted son, who he stole from the Jotuns. AKA the Frost Giants. Indeed. Well, we assume he stole. It right. makes it more interesting. So, either. under this first point, Baby Daddy, we have three theories as to how Loki gets to be in Asgard. And I think we need to talk about them because I think we have different favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> the first theory is that he was just like a runt, he was the smallest child, the, way too small for a frost giant. The littlest Yotun. The littlest Yotun. And they left him to die. How do you feel mm-hmm. about that, McKenna? Um... I think that's perfectly reasonable because the Frost Giants don't seem like a very uh, empathetic or coddling race. True. They're more like Spartans, you know, like, we don't like it, we're going to leave it to die. True. Uh, And then you have the theory that Odin stole Loki as a bargaining chip because we uh, we hear Odin tell Loki that he found Loki in a temple abandoned after a battle. So we don't know, is he in the temple because temples are historically safe haven for children? Is he in a temple 
because they really were abandoning him and he was some sort of sacrifice for the battle. I'll believe it. I would believe that. I would also believe, though, that they put him in the temple because it was a safe haven. And they mm-hmm. wouldn't expect anyone to look there. And if they did look there, maybe not even see him because he's so small. But he is, you know, he's the king's son, so... Yeah. Like, that kind of puts a little wrench in the whole, like, Spartan baby death yes. theory. Because, like, even if you didn't like the baby, it's still the child of the king. Right. And we did, I, I believe, see that Lafay is a little smaller and yeah. I'm not sure if, pow- like, your magical power is related to, like, you're smaller if you have more power. It's more concentrated. You look more humanoid. Well, the, I mean, there is, like, the... The, the farther, bi- yeah. Like, the bi in line, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, the more humanoid you look, the more powerful you are. Yes. So, that could, so this could is, be coming this is this true. And then we have our third theory, which is that Frigga told him to get Loki because she, she knew about it because she can see the future. That's my personal and favorite And she wanted theory. another child. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's, like, you know, she wanted another child. Or she just knew what was going to happen and yeah. she knew he needed to be there for some reason. Like, I think that one, I like that one the most, but I think it's the least supported because True. I think, like, until the third Thor movie and potentially the third Avengers movie or fourth Avengers movie comes out, I don't think we'll really know the full consequences of Loki being in this situation. So right. I don't know if her, like, if her future vision would really be able to reveal much about, like, taking the baby is a good idea versus leaving it to die. And we don't know how far in advance the Norns give her the visions. Yeah. The Norns are the mythic deities that basically give her her future vision. And I think, yeah, in Age of Ultron, Thor goes to visit them because he needs the vision and he obviously can't get it from his mother since she is dead. Wow, way to... To dampen the mood, Caitlin. Well, this whole podcast should have a spoiler alert because oh, That's surprise! Frigg is dead. Going in the top line of the description. If you didn't see the Dark World, Frigg is dead and gone. She, She's in Valhalla. She has been turned into stardust. Yes, touching scene. Okay, next up, we know Loki finds out that he is a frost giant and flips his first flips movie. his shit. Mm-hmm. Total tantrum. Angry kid finding evidence that his parents hate him. Mm -hmm. Now, I think what's interesting here is that Thor is pretty much the entire reason why Loki finds out that he is a frost giant. Yes. So, it's all Thor's fault. (laughs) It is all Thor's fault, yes. Um, And he, he throws this huge tantrum, and it's like your worst nightmare. Like, your older brother's like... You know, telling you you're adopted when you Mm -hmm. do something wrong. And then you find out you actually are adopted. And that's... You perceive that as why your parents, you think, don't love you as much as the other kid, right? Yeah. Well, I think also has to do with, like, you know, Thor is pretty much, like, the more athletic brother. Yes. He is the more respected brother. He is the manliest of manly men. He's the football captain. Yeah. And Loki... Is the Is the chess club captain. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's only one person in the chess club, and it's him. Yeah. No one else wants to join his chess club. He is the loneliest nerd. Yeah, he is the littlest Jotun and the loneliest (laughs) nerd. So, you know, he's always got to tag along with Thor and his friends. But, okay, we we have another topic here, and it says in big letters, debate topic. Does Loki love Thor? Well, I don't think it's debatable so much as the extent 
of his love and what kind of love? Second question, if yes, how does he love him? It's very, mm -hmm. it's a complex problem and it comes straight from him having this tantrum. That's okay. why we doubt this whole thing. It's why we wonder about it. Okay, well, for one thing, I take issue with the word tantrum. Even okay. though it is kind of applicable to the situation, I think that saying it's a tantrum is kind of brushing aside what Loki's going through. Attempted genocide. Which is what everyone yeah. else is doing, so. Right. I mean, granted, you know, attempted genocide is pretty bad, so. I don't really want to be dealing with space, space Hitler. That's a little. Okay, so we're not going to talk about whether or not we'd kill baby Space Hitler. Please no. No, because Odin didn't. But we are going to talk instead about how Loki does love Thor. Mm -hmm. But he's so mad. I think, I think it's just a jerk. He's so, I don't want to say damaged. Because it's not the right word. But he's so conflicted and he does such a poor job of dealing with his emotions. He's so vulnerable and fragile, but he yes. won't acknowledge it and he won't just like sit down and actually think about himself for once. Like that quote from Frigga in uh, The Dark World where she says, like, you're so perceptive when it comes to everyone except for yourself. Yeah. And he's really good at uh, analyzing other people and like coming to conclusions about their motivations and whatnot and how to manipulate them, but he doesn't ever turn that introspection on and right on himself going on and he inside. also in a lot of ways is almost unable to perceive anything outside of himself mm -hmm. because when he's analyzing other people's motivations he's doing it all through this crazy green lens of his worldview and yeah. he thinks he's absolutely right about the way that thor feels about him the way that frigga feels about him and odin he thinks he knows how they feel about him yeah which i think also probably plays into like him, like him being a frost giant. Like it's not just a cosmetic thing. It's he's different on a he basic level. And I think that he he does have compassion and empathy, but it's mostly for like to serve his own purposes. Whereas, like he doesn't filter in the idea that other people use right. compassion and empathy, and that affects their decisions. But he doesn't acknowledge that. Aside from okay, this is like it, it becomes like a nature versus nurture thing. Oh, um, disclaimer, neither of us are certified psychologists. <laughs> I took Psych 101, and that's about, and I've been in therapy for multiple years, so now this, I'm just using it all. Arm, this is armchair psychology at its finest. So, kitchen table chair psychology, <laughs> currently. But, I think it, it becomes this whole issue where you look at it, and you think about the fact that culturally... Asgard and Jotunheim are so different, right? They're so different. But what Loki doesn't have an objective view of either culture. He does not understand fully Asgardian culture because the traits that they prize are not the traits he possesses. Mm -hmm. And he also doesn't understand Jotunheim's culture because A, he didn't grow up there, and B, everything that Asgard tells him about them is that they're the enemy, they're so different from us, they're terrible, we're better than them. They value these things, but we are the opposite of that. And and their culture is all about lying and shape-shifting and being these terrible frost giants that come and eat your children when you sleep. You know, like, they're the, they're the boogeyman, essentially. Mm -hmm. So when he discovers he's one of them and he wants to fully reject his adoptive culture... 
because he feels so betrayed by it, he takes on what he thinks is Jotunheim's culture. Mm -hmm. But is that really the way he would have been if he'd known from the beginning he was a frost giant? Or if there wasn't so much, like, parallel racism, essentially? Yeah. Well, I think... Because in the first movie, before he finds out about his actual heritage, he seems, like, kind of a jerk, but he's... A caring jerk. He's going along right. with the ride because he wants to make sure that, like, uh, oh no, that Thor and the, is it the Warriors 3? Thor, Sif, and the Warriors 3. Yes, Thor, Sif, and the Warriors 3. Hogan, Fandral, and Volstagg. Yeah, he just wants to make sure that they don't get themselves killed, and he goes along with it because he actually cares about them, and that's definitely not a natural frost giant reaction, I don't think. Right. So, I think... That in this case, nurture had a lot more to do with who he turned out as a person than nature. Yes. But he still has always had that tendency towards lying and shape-shifting and using magic and yes. just being a general worm right. about things. And you can even go one step further and say, is that because everybody told him that's the way he was because of magic? Or is that the way he learned how to get ahead in life? Is it a survival tactic? Because he had to try, or he thought he had to try and keep up with Thor throughout his whole life, but he didn't have the abilities Thor had or the friends he had. So is he taking the things Frigga taught him and taking the general perception of magic and just saying, this is how I can be strong, I can just be this person? Well... And it's not, not to say that he's not at fault for these things, but perhaps the reason why he acts this way is because these are his evolutionary tactics to try and be equal to Thor. Mm -hmm. He is a very opportunistic person, and he yeah. takes advantage of whatever he possibly can, so I think he, right, he recognized the fact that he's not super strong like Thor. He's not super manly man machismo. I will kill things True. with my fist. He he knows that he is good at magic. Yeah. And he's good at manipulating people. And so he uses those things to his advantage because he knows that he can be strong in other ways. Okay. And I think he also just has a natural inclination towards that, which probably also pissed him off being in that culture because he's like, I can't be the person that they want me to be. And that's clashing against who I am as a person. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly cross off the things we've already discussed so that we don't kind of, like, repeat ourselves Good point. too much. Because we're going to at some point, but I don't want it too much. Okay, we got that. Um, I actually wanted to skip ahead because this whole... You brought up masculinity. Sorry for the page turns, listeners. Our high-tech system. <laughs> Our high-tech system on my laptop in my bedroom with um, some old crummy graph paper. Okay, you brought up masculinity, and we have this whole thing written down about emotional vulnerability and gender roles. Mm -hmm. Everyone's favorite kind of dinner roll. <laughs> gender roles. Oh, boy. So, that, the first thing that we have written down here is that he is brittle like fine china. And that, I think, is our assumption because as soon as he finds, and not that this isn't, like, an earth-shattering realization mm -hmm. for somebody. But he's so quick to strike out. He's impulsive. He's so impulsive about it that you get the feeling that he gets his feelings hurt like that. Yeah. He... 
He has this weird inferiority superiority complex. Like yeah. he's so arrogant and he thinks he can do everything and literally take over Earth. Right. But then that may just have to do with the fact that he thinks that humans are so weak that he can just come over and put them under his thumb. And then he has this inferiority where he's like, I am not the person that my culture wants me to be, so I need to prove myself to them. I think he needs to prove that the way his culture wants him to be is the wrong way to be, and that oh, the yeah. way he is is the right way. Like, he wants to be... He wants to beat Thor mm -hmm. by being better than him and proving that he didn't need to be like Thor to beat him. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but... No, that makes like, sense. Like, in the Asgardian culture, if you're supposed to be hyper-masculine and a fighter and you're the king's son, and so you're expected to be all of these things, but you're not... And everyone says, oh, well, you're never going to make it because of that. What you are going to want most is to prove that you can make it not in spite of these things you are, but because of them. Mm -hmm. um, so he's trying to prove not so much that his is the better way, but that his is a way that works and it's just as good as everyone else's. Right. If not better. If not better. Yeah. I think he would choose the word better. I get the feeling. Yeah, because he's kind of a jerk. Kind of. Kind of like that, but he yeah, egomaniac. There is this, yeah, this whole hyper masculine warrior thing, and you see it some actually paralleled in the way Sif has to try twice as hard, yeah, essentially in the movies to be like she continually gets reduced to Thor's unrequ like her unrequited love for Thor, mm -hmm. and she expects that she kind of has to prove herself to be essentially just as good, if not better, than the Warriors 3. Yeah. In order to be worthy of him. The worthiness is a huge... Like... A big part of worthiness the Worthiness is a, is, a, is a large theme in the Thor movies. But, yeah, there's this whole hyper-masculine thing. You have, of course, the gender roles surrounding magic in Norse culture. Mm -hmm. Magic is the women's art. It is something that men did not do. It's kind of like how poison is viewed a lot of the time in our, like, well, not our culture, but, like, older cultures. Yeah. Because it's, it's the insidious form of right. Witchcraft. weaponry. It is, it's cheating because you're breaking the rules. Right. And you aren't facing someone face to face like a man should. Yes. And all this, like, like a man should bullshit. But, <laughs> um, so yeah, you think he's smaller than his peers, he's physically weaker than them. He learned all this stuff from his mother. You can see in Thor The Dark World that he fights like his mother taught him. Mm -hmm. Which is very graceful and very aesthetically pleasing, by the way. But with a knife, the same way Frigga does, or, you know, unsuccessfully yeah, does. Yeah, not a giant hammer that is. <laughs> Have we mentioned she's dead yet? I'm still broken up about it. Metaphor, hammer, yeah. Okay. So we did, we we did all this stuff. The death of Frigga is a huge, oh. huge star, huge star to talk about oh. with this character. Yeah, it's all his fault. <laughs> well, okay, so that's your opinion here. Okay, it's like eighty-five percent his, his fault. Okay. So, I think we need to have the argument about if you have future vision and you see your own death, do you stop it? Can you stop it? Can you stop it? Do you stop it? Maybe. Okay, this is getting into, like, total, I don't know what I'm talking about territory, but. This whole podcast is I that. know, I know. Maybe Frigga 
Uh, so, back in the jail cell, when Loki sees the big dark elf monster thing, and he's being a spiteful bitch, and says, okay. take the stairs on the left. And the beast is like, okay, fine, I will listen to you because you are spiteful and angry. And he takes the stairs on the left. Loki said that because... Because why? Because he wanted people to get hurt. He knew it was going to go somewhere important. And he knew he, it led to that room. Yes, an important room where important people would be. Potentially, his mother. And he knew that she could potentially be there. He knew it! And he said it anyways! Like, he says... Or, okay, he doesn't ever say it, but you think that he cares so much about her... Yes. ...that he would not direct a Minotaur thing... To go after her. Well, you can assume that everybody knows he loves her dearly because you hear Thor say later on, you were not the only... Well, no, this is not exact, but he says, you were not the only one who loved her. Okay, okay. You I'm, had her tricks, but I had her trust. I am not getting my point across as I want to. Like, so. I... So, you know that he loves her, but yes. this whole this whole thing ties into what you said earlier. He's lashing he's out. He's so impulsive. Yeah, and he's not thinking it through. He's not thinking of the right. fact that maybe, just maybe, this giant minotaur thing would be a fair match for his mom. So you're saying, regardless of his intent, he is the reason why his mother died. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's so tragic about the whole situation. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think I think it's fair to say that Regardless of what he thought was going to happen, whether he thought it was going to be his brother, or Jane, or Odin. You know, I don't even think he would have wanted to kill Thor. I don't think he would have wanted to kill I think, Thor I think or Odin, Jane. Odin is fair game. <laughs> I think but. Odin is fair game. I actually don't think he would have wanted to kill Jane. Just postulating, I don't know, part of this is my sad, you know, the fact that I can't let go of the hope for him. Just mm -hmm. because... I see him as just, I don't know. It's hard to like, let go of that hope. He's so complex. I want him to be redeemed because there are right. these little flickers of good and... But at the no! same time, a redemption oh, arc for him... Pissing, pissing me a off. A redemption arc for him, I would never want to see before I saw an excellent redemption arc for Natasha. Mm -hmm. So I've got to say, shelve that for now. Yeah, Loki can continue being right. a jerk. Right. But, you know, when he says in the flying boat thing on the way, you know, they're in Svartalfheim, they've escaped Asgard, they've got Jane, they're going to get the other out of her. And he says, you are you have to say goodbye to her, you're going to have to do it sooner or later, mm -hmm. is essentially what he says. She's mortal, you're not. She's going to die, leave you behind, and you're going to be sad and broken up about it. Uh, it's not so much being immortal or not because, you know, even the Asgardians die eventually. Right. It's more like she is but the life of a hamster. Right. <laughs> you, you do know, not you want to love with this thing. Will not lasting. age comparatively to her mm -hmm. as she goes through her entire lifespan. Unless you know, mythology based we get to pull some Agen's apples thing in, you know? That would be cool. That would be pretty cool. I do like Jane. Do like Jane. Thor and Jane are Probably one of my favorite couples of of all time. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, I just don't believe he would actually want to hurt Jane. Especially if he had any idea why they were there for her. Mm -hmm. But regardless, once again, regardless of his intent, he still said it. He still basically led them directly to his mother. His mother still died. Mm -hmm. 
And then he had what is, you can, you can call this one a tantrum because he just smashed everything in his room. And like even led to like injuring himself. Injured himself yeah. just recklessly throwing things around because now, he was filled with grief. Yeah, so I have a question. When Loki is down in the dungeons, does he know that this thing is a dark elf? Does he know that the dark elves are invading? Because he's in jail. I don't, really, I don't so, think he's hearing anything. I'm not sure that he necessarily knows who they are or why they're there. But he clearly knows they're not on they're, they're Asgard's not side. <laughs> they're clearly enemies. And I can't tell if he just thinks that any conqueror would be willing to let him go. Mm-hmm. Or if he's so angry, he just does not care who it is he wants them to kill Odin. Do you think that if he knew that it was the Dark Elves, he would have said the same thing? I do not know. I think, actually, interestingly enough, they technically had another Infinity Stone with them, right? Did they? Which one? The either is an oh, Infinity yeah, Stone. Yeah. Uh, although it doesn't take the shape of a stone, we learn it is an Infinity Stone. And Loki had previously been in contact with an Infinity Stone, the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he would have tried to steal it for himself, or if his if his previous interaction with an Infinity Stone had led him to finally realize maybe one person should not be holding them. Oh, I don't think so. I think he's too much of kind of like a megalomaniac. I think he likes power too much. True, but he didn't try to steal it. He didn't try to take... He could have easily taken it in. I think he knows that he got burned last time, and so until he figures out a way to handle that okay. much power on okay. his own, I, will I believe think he's that. gonna wait. <laughs> I'll believe that. But yes, the death of Frigga is a, is a super complex thing here because he's clearly so grief-stricken about it. Yeah, and I, I'm sure there's at least a little bit of guilt there. I think he knows... A, a little bit? I think he knows it was him. <laughs> oh yeah, he knows for sure. I don't, I think that if, I actually think that if Frigga hadn't died and he hadn't been filled with grief and the need for revenge, mm-hmm. he would never have helped Thor. Never. Maybe that's why Frigga was okay with dying, because she knew that it would lead Bring them, Loki oh, onto my a path heart. of redemption. Not even just a path of redemption, but the fact that she could have let, like, essentially let herself die. Mm-hmm. Because it would bring her sons back together. Yeah. And, to work together. And then bring Even Loki, if it was one last time. Yeah, and then eventually bring Loki, maybe, back into the path of light. Right. Ver- and also saving Jane in the process. I I think Freya's sacrifice... I mean, can we call it a sacrifice? Yes. I think if you have... I think if you have future vision and you know you're gonna die, but you go through with it anyway for the con... What? That's like the definition the of a sacrifice. Right, I just, is it, I mean, sure. Sure, yeah, you know what, yes. I'm thinking of a lot of, <laughs> I'm thinking of, like, uh, missions that you go on that aren't really suicide missions, but you're like, no, I'll let myself be captured in order to do this other thing, or torture, or whatever. I guess death, yes, that's a, yeah. Although that's a great sacrifice. Maybe it's not as much of a sacrifice, because she knows that she's going to get sent to Valhalla if she dies True. in battle. And I don't think Valhalla seems like such a bad place, other than, like, dying every day and being revived every day. That's kind of not my cup of tea, but whatever. Well, you know what? We don't really know whether or not in the MCU that's the way it goes. Maybe it's nice and there are clouds and angels floating everywhere. So yeah, Frigga makes her huge sacrifice and it becomes this big part of Loki's Potential redemption arc. Potential redemption arc. I'm not going to say he's going to get redeemed because I don't write the movies. Well, 
And I'm not sure that mm. I want him to be right. I know. In a way, I really don't want him to be right. I just don't want him to be a villain. Yeah. Because I, I really like characters where you don't know what they're going to do and you don't know what side they're on because that makes them so much more interesting. I love some anti-hero ambiguous morality. Yeah. And Loki is the definition of that. Yes. So that would be good. Alright, so we have... But he could tone back on the genocide. I would appreciate He could that. really do with some Tony back on the genocide. Death of Frigga. Okay. Does that... Okay, we have some options here where we could go with it. We could go to why he fakes his own death mm -hmm. at the end of the Dark World, because we were just talking about the Dark World. Or we could go straight into talking about his relationships with his family members think, and friends. I think that would be a little more smooth after Better talking segue? about Frigga, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, we have in a big puffy cloud daddy issues, <laughs> <laughs> along with a quote from him from the first movie... Um, when he tells Thor that he is doing everything he's doing to prove to father that I am a worthy son, is what he says. Mm -hmm. So he wants to prove to Odin that he is a worthy son, and not even worthy of the throne necessarily, but worthy of his love. Yeah. Um, and he does a shit job of it, he... honestly. I don't know why he thought that trying to enslave an entire planet was a good idea. But well, okay. So uh, this is this is pre trying to enslave an entire planet. This is oh that too during attempted genocide. So he had like two periods of like attempted genocide and then like attempted half genocide. Yes, and if you if you look at the culture he's from, this it's doesn't seem that crazy <laughs> because we learn in the dark world that a bedtime story they're told is about their ancestor killing all of the dark elves. Which was false, by the way. Which was false. We learned that was false. But this is the story they're constantly told, is that this person, who they're supposed to revere, their grandfather Boar, killed all the dark elves. And, like, that's just okay. That's okay with them. That's cool. Which, I mean, granted, the Dark Elves are pretty terrible. Yes. But, but eh. killing them all. Not just letting them, you know, locking them in Svartalfheim. Well... Or being like, oh, I mean, you must pay war reparations. I don't think the Dark Elves are really the kind who would pay war reparations, judging by True. the Dark World. They True. seem like the kind of people who will try to kill you until there are none of them left. Maybe so, I... To be fair... I may be putting a little bit too much of my hippie socialism onto <laughs> the warrior culture of yeah. Asgard. Um, I'm pretty Maybe. sure that the Dark Elves are the kind who will fight until the last man. But but this proves standing. my point, right? This is the culture that he grew up in. Yes. So while it is terrible and inexcusable to try and murder an entire race of people or enslave them... You can understand from a certain aspect why he went for that immediately. Yeah, why he thought that was a good idea. Right. Why he didn't just say, oh, it's time for a mediated peace talk with the Yotans. Well, I don't think the Yotans would have really been up for a mediated exactly. peace talk. Exactly. Because the world they live in is not the world we live in. And, yeah, so... I mean, granted, lots of people in this world aren't really up for a mediated peace talk True. either. <laughs> True. But this, this warrior culture is, it's not our own... But that is that is why he, his attempt to prove 
to Odin that he is a worthy son mm-hmm. is to murder all of his enemies and... Who also happen to be his own species. Right, and fix which, everything, and that's where the wrench in the plan comes. Yeah, into. that's also... Now, did he did he decide to kill all of the frost giants after he found out he was a frost giant? Or before? I believe he already knew he was a frost giant because he doesn't try to consort with them and Odin doesn't fall into the Odin sleep until after he's already found out. Odin yeah. actually falls into the Odin sleep almost while Loki is finding out. He he touches the casket of winters or the... The winter casket. Okay. Yeah, he touches the thing. casket of like eternal winter and his skin t- he's changes like, color. oh shit, I'm not an Asia. I'm something else. I must be a Jotun. And Odin is like, oh no, now I have to tell him the this truth. This is a problem. This is a problem because I don't like to tell people the truth. Because I'm a jerk. Right. So he tells him somewhat of it and Loki yells at him and then he falls into the Odin sleep from the stress of it all. It's like narcolepsy. Stress-based eh. narcolepsy. Eh. Intense okay. emotion causes him to fall into the Odin sleep. Okay. I guess I'll take that. It's a pretty big weakness. Um, it's a pretty big weakness. He's, a, I mean, huh. you know, he's an old man and a fool. <laughs> as, as Thor the says, it's king. true. <laughs> it's true. Now, I think, I think a very, very, like, maybe the main reason, like, the biggest, the very biggest reason why he decided to go kill all of the Frost Giants is because he figured out, wow, I'm this thing that I hate. I hate myself. Now I need to kill everything that is reminiscent okay, of myself. Yeah. I get, that definitely goes along with it. it, and it, it just creates this whole issue with Odin. Like, an extra issue with Odin. You taught me to hate myself, essentially. Yeah. You knew who I was, and you still told me stories about how terrible my race is. Yeah, I don't know, like, maybe... Maybe Odin thought that he had managed to, I don't know, rehabilitate Loki to a point. Yeah, in a weird colonial sort of, like, way. Perhaps. I tamed the native. <laughs> right. Perhaps he was, I mean, I can just imagine him being one of those old white people who's like, ah, yes, the noble savage of, yeah. like, the Native Americans. You know, like, I can imagine him being that old white person. I can kind of see him like that. Yeah, kind of. And him being like, oh, I can't believe we managed to redeem this young boy, you know? And then young boy turns around and tries to kill everyone. Right, okay, so he didn't do a very good job. No. Um, and yeah, I have written down here, football dad. Because Odin is like the football dad. Oh, yeah. Whose kid is on the chess team, bringing it back to our high school alternate universe Mm -hmm. here. He's like the sports booster football coach. Thor is the quarterback of Varsity, and Loki is over here like Bobby Fischer. <laughs> okay? That, oh. That's it. That's how he's seeing this world, and as much as Odin would like to think he is a good father, at least in the first movie I think he thinks he's a good dad. Yeah, there was kind of a leap of douchebaggery from the first movie to the second movie. Yes. He turned into a much bigger jerk in the second one. And I think maybe it's just because he already was that jerk, but he's like the dad who gets continually more angrier as a kid continues to misbehave. Yeah. Like, like Loki, he's reached his snapping point as a father. Yeah, I think after trying to kill all of the Frost Giants, that's kind of a red flag where maybe I'm a terrible parent, but I'm going to take out my anger on my child. Right, and maybe I'm a terrible parent, but 
But what he probably does actually see as a tantrum from Loki doesn't seem to be subsiding. It's more like an existential crisis. It's Huge not really a tantrum. crisis. So yeah, his relationship with Odin is super complicated. And I think daddy issues really does cover it. Yeah. Tons of daddy issues well, with this I character. Think, I don't think it covers all of it. I think no. it covers a very large portion. He's got mommy issues. He's got daddy issues. He's got species Brother issues. issues. Species issues. Magic issues. Pissed off and all-powerful god issues. Yeah. The I want a throne issue. The I want a throne issue. Well, okay. So I want a throne issue. That is a good segue into talking about his relationship with Thor. <laughs> the heir the to crown the throne. Prince. The crown prince. Thor and him are such an interesting relationship. Love-hate. So much love-hate. So much love-hate. So much love-hate. Um, I think the quote I looked up was, I never wanted the throne. I just wanted to be your equal. McKenna has a different view of this quote than I do, so... Well, I think that had more to... I think that applied better before the first movie. Before okay. Before Thor was like, let's go kill the Frost Giants. And Loki tagged along. I think that beforehand that might have been true. But then after that, he's like, I need to prove to people that I am worthy of holding, like, authority over other people. But, like, you know, he's a brilliant tactician, for the most part. But... He's a terrible leader. He does not work in teams. He does not deal with other people very well. So he he's not worthy of having a throne. So this I think is that's, true. I think that's the main problem here. I think him and Odin have a, a strikingly similar ruling ability sometimes. I.e. incompetent. And and you could argue he learned it from Odin. Uh, you could argue that in a lot of ways he potentially learned what he thought a king should do from Odin. Odin makes emotional bad choices sometimes. Okay, I'll, you I'll you agree can with that. see Odin making emotional bad choices when Frigga dies. You can mm -hmm. see him saying they will come and they will fall on 10,000 Asgardian blades and we will fight until the last drop of Asgardian blood is is shed. Yeah. So he's willing to, you know, his wife has died and he's willing to risk his entire kingdom for for that, which is with, for that anger and not grief. a good trait. In not a, a good trait. He, um, you know, he doesn't tell Loki that he's adopted. He makes his choices based off of battle. He pushes Thor to give up Jane for yeah. the throne, even though he knows his relationship with Jane could last sixty years maximum. Well, eh. Given and, that there is no magic happening. Yeah. And he, and he does, you know, he does things because he believes they're correct. Yeah. He, 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 he doesn't, neither of them consult anyone else. It's all about them. He does tell Loki, extremely hypocritically, that he is not allowed to rule the humans. He still is so rude to Jane. Yeah. So rude. I think that also He still he in, doesn't really believe it. Yeah, I think that has to do with more like the noble savage sort of thing. Where yes. it's like these these savages living on this planet, you know, leave them to their savagery. You cannot rule over them because that's cruel, but they are still savages. Oh, just I mean, essentially just saying like, oh look at 
their funny little culture. Yeah, their their funny little. Oh lives look, they think culture. they have a little society built. Let's leave them be. This is entertaining. Right, looking at them that way, but they're kind of like his ant farm. Yeah, you know they don't live very of. long. But because of the way he has treated Thor and Loki. Their relationship has become even more complicated because so much about them is complicated because they are in so many ways so alike but so different. Yeah, they're like diametrically opposed to each other half the time. Right. And the other half the time they're butting heads because they're so similar and they both want right. their way and it's just they're not going to work because they they're love both different. they love their mother extreme to extreme amounts. They quarrel with their father to extreme amounts. They both you know, they both are fighters, but they are fighters in extremely different ways. Mm-hmm. They're both super aggressive. Yeah, so they are two incredibly different, but incredibly similar characters. And actually, I think this is a good place to break, because I just realized... We just realized it has been <laughs> essentially like 45 minutes of us rambling. So... We are going to take a small break, and the second part of this episode, we will go much farther in depth about Loki and Thor's relationship, um, his armchair psychological profile, <laughs> maybe him faking his own death and his reasons for that, and then also fun feelings about his figurative and literal dethroning. Yes. Alrighty. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to part one of our two-part pilot. Yes, thank you. Goodbye. And you the next part will be coming in a couple days.